Hello, and welcome to Farmers Capital Conversations. I'm your host, Casey Silveria. This podcast aims to expand your social, intellectual, and economic capital. Investing on and off the farm is hard enough. Here, we will provide insightful stories and resources to help out. Full transparency, this is our shameless way for you to like us and hopes you partner with us down the road. Lastly, there are no ads here. All I ask is you enjoy and share if you find value. Now, on to the episode. Farm videos were skyrocketing in a way they have never seen a topic on YouTube skyrocket. They said the numbers of people tuning in, they've never seen anything like it on the back end of YouTube before. And I thought, gosh, the hardest thing sometimes is getting, picking or finding a piece of content people want to consume. And here we are, and we already have the content they want to consume. It's literally just putting it out there. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. We have Natalie Kovorik here today. She is the co-host of the popular podcast, Discover Ag, as well as the co-founder of Elevate Ag, an online course and community providing producers with the tools they need to successfully advocate and share online. She and her husband live in central Nebraska, where they own and operate Kovorik Cattle Company, a cow-calf operation with a growing registered herd. For the past three years, Natalie has been sharing her ranching and family story online to showcase the beauty behind Western lifestyle, as well as fostering a community who supports and trusts in agriculture as much as she she does. Natalie, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. I've been listening to a lot of your podcasts and I, you know, check out your Instagram and it's just really cool to see how you and your other co-host Tara, I believe, um, are are really building your presence in a great way to get their word out about agriculture in, in a, a new light, I think. So um, I'm excited to have you on to talk about your journey. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, my um, my life is just all over the internet, which is an odd thing to think, you know, <laughs> 10 years ago, but um, it's also kind of the, the society we're in. So yeah, I'm just kind of, I've yeah. been on the different platforms. Um, and shared a lot of different things. So I'm excited to dive into whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think you started out as a pharmacist, right? Yes. Uh, until actually about a year and a half ago, I was still working um, part-time off the ranch while like kind of simultaneously doing some of my social media stuff. And it just kind of got to a point where my husband and I realized I was going to um, have to choose how I wanted to spend my time and where that time was going to be. And I we have littles. And so I knew that, um, time I could get on the ranch was very valuable to me. And so I think the idea of being able to do my job, um, online, um, out in the pasture at ranch with my family was a little bit more appealing to me than commuting to, um, the local hospital I worked at. And so I ended up choosing to step away from pharmacy and, um, go all in on what I was building online, which again, is just a very odd thing to say nowadays, but, um, I still work as needed for local pharmacies. They know they can call me if they have like sick or maternity leave or anything like that. So I still maintain mm-hmm. my license, but it's uh, all social media for me right now. Yeah, it's pretty wild to think 10 years ago, you know, social media was kind of just coming on, just becoming new. And now we're we're becoming more aware of how much we need to utilize it as another tool in our toolbox, it seems like. Yeah, I'm always a little, not disheartened, but I'm just at shock, I guess, when people have missed the marker on what a powerful social, like, tool it is for marketing social media. Um, I think 
you're a seed stock guy, you could be pushing your bulls out to people. If you're a farmer, you could be connecting on different ways. I mean, I think there is a lot of different ways in agriculture that you could use, you know, social media beyond what the original taste for it is, which is, you know, quote unquote, like influencing, which that's still like a very viable market for a lot of people who want to maybe do that um, in you know addition to whatever else they're doing. But I think that there's a lot of out of box ways that social media can help agriculture. Um, and so, yeah, I'm always just a little like, come on guys, you know, we're here. Let's, let's, uh, find a way to harness the power. Yeah. It kind of goes against our natural habits though. I myself am trying to find my place in social media. I didn't grow up with it. Um, I'm very, I guess, risk averse or worried about other people's opinions more so than I probably should be. And I think that's where a huge fear is for a lot of people. Yeah, you, uh, when you open up your life and your operation and your farming practices <laughs> and ranching practices and decisions, um, you do get a lot of scrutiny. It's very interesting, um, the opinions people have and how they like to share them with you. Um, and you're right, it is a little unnatural. I'm always, I'm not shocked knowing my husband, um, but I'm always at the same time, I guess, a little shocked he was so supportive of, you know, opening up and sharing the way we did. Um, we were on mm. YouTube for a long time and he was actually like kind of the main voice for that. Uh, but definitely people followed more for my husband than they did. <laughs> they did for me. Yeah. And, um, it was kind of, like you said, it wasn't natural for him. Wasn't every, anything he ever saw doing anything he ever saw me doing, you know, he married a pharmacist. He didn't marry a social media entrepreneur. And so, um, but you first, were a rancher, right? Before pharmacy. Yes. I grew up on so. a ranch. So, yes. Um, but I think once you get over that initial, I think, you know, shell shock or that that hump of like the, the cumberness and the awkwardness maybe of social media, um, I think you can get into a really good groove and start seeing um, like how it can be very beneficial to you. Mm hmm. So from your husband's perspective, you know, he started on YouTube. Was it mostly educational for him or what was the what was the end game there? Yeah. So my, to, I guess to rewind and lay a little bit more of a backstory, my initial introduction to social media for business, um, was for ranch direct, um, beef. I was doing a direct -to consumer beef business with a childhood friend. And so we knew if okay. we were going to, you know, get people to strangers on the internet to buy beef from us, we really had to have like a connection point with them. And like mm -hmm. you said, I didn't grow up with social media either. So up until that point, I only had personal Instagram. I, I didn't even have personal Facebook at that time. I had gotten rid of it like after college. And so we're like, well, let's just start with Instagram. And I did that for a couple of years. And that is when I saw actually the power of like, oh, wow, this actually helped us build a, a business from the ground up. And I am, I, my background is not in business. I am like a self-taught entrepreneur still trying to figure a lot of stuff out. And so I really credit a lot of our success to the social media app and really, you know, harnessing it and utilizing it in a certain way. I ended up pivoting from that because I felt really called to just share more about like our family and our operation and honestly the industry as a whole, which is really hard to do when we were, you know, talking about beef we were supposed to be selling. It was just the lines were getting really blurred for me and I just felt like I need a, a singular space that isn't, you know, tied to this operation or this business we were running. Him and I had attended a conference um, in Omaha and there was a panel there of people sharing on YouTube and there was actually YouTube representatives there. And I will never forget talking because I had a friend on the panel. So I was kind of talking to like the people on the panel and, you know, YouTube, the company itself after mm -hmm. the, that show. And I will never forget the YouTube back end person was saying that um, 
farm videos were skyrocketing in a way they have never seen a topic on YouTube skyrocket. They said the numbers of people tuning in, they've never seen anything like it on the back end of YouTube before. And I thought, gosh, the hardest thing sometimes is getting picking or finding a piece of content people want to consume. And here we are, and we already have the content they want to consume. It's literally just putting it out there and getting them to see it. And I thought, gosh, if that's not like an easier job to do, I don't, I don't know what is. And I also noticed that a lot of people that were successful in farming at that time were, or on YouTube that time were farming. They weren't showing, you know, we are a predominantly cattle. And so I thought, gosh, maybe there is actually something this place for me. And so I just got on YouTube as another platform. Um, it was going to be very like vlog family style. I thought it would be more like what I had been doing on Instagram at the time, which is like a little bit more family centered, a little bit more like funny, uh, you know, lighthearted agriculture vlogs. Um, mm -hmm. But every time I put the camera in front of my husband, he just could not shut up about like more higher level <laughs> educate, like talking like he, that's just what came out of his mouth. He just talks that way about the industry and about cattle. It was very it was almost, um, I was creating in my mind content for those outside of agriculture and he was talking in a way for people inside of agriculture almost. Mm, more like and a professor. So, mm -hmm. And so I thought, you know what, it's going to be a lot harder to change him than it is to just roll with what he's doing. And so, yeah, my starting point for YouTube ended up being a lot different than like what we did, but we did, I would say a little bit more educational video. I think a lot of people tuned in to hear, you know, my husband's perspective on different things, how my husband did certain things on our operation, which was not my intentions at all. Yeah. just kind of opened, opened it all up, but I mean, it's, it's cool. You kind of, kind of walked into a gold mine. You had your YouTube reps, the guys understanding all the data and they just said, Hey, your stuff's already good. You just got to mm -hmm. put it out there. Mm -hmm. Are we still in that trend or how long ago was that when you visited the conference in Omaha? Oh, um, what well, was after or maybe right before COVID it was either right before COVID or after, gosh, I can't remember. I mean, within five years. So, you know, yeah, pr pretty for, recently. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, I think we are, I think we forget, even though we hear the statistic all the time that 2% is, you know, agriculture. I think we forget that when it comes online. I mean, your authenticity really is what is your creative advantage online. So the more unique you are, like the better position you are to, you know, go quote unquote viral, right? You're just going to be able to offer something that someone cannot get somewhere else. And so when you think about the content we have to share about agriculture, um, I definitely think we're in the position where we're still very unique online. And I think, I think it's about showing our content in the right way. And sometimes ag, we just have a really bad habit of like echo chambering mm -hmm. our content. And I think that's honestly what you need to pay attention to when you're sharing online from an agriculture perspective is, are you creating content for those within agriculture or are you creating content that those outside are interested in want? Mm -hmm. So how do, how are you guys positioning Kavoric cattle company? Yeah. So my husband has been very aversive, um, to doing anything solely for, for cattle company online. Um, it was a big part of when we were sharing on YouTube because that's what he would kind of talk about is, you know, breeding and, mm. and different sires and dams and just, you know, people definitely got a taste of Cavort Cattle Company through our YouTube video. Um, I've never been very strategic about talking about it on my personal Instagram because I'm trying to actually create content for those outside of agriculture, even though 
I have really like wavered on that and struggled. There have been times where I'm definitely creating for those within. And I know my, my audience is probably predominantly within agriculture. Um, but at the beginning of the year, so we're fairly newer to, um, seed stock. Um, we have my husband, like the, I would say the beating heart of our operation is our cow calf. And I've never, I guess I've never really seen a need to, to create a presence for the cow calf side of our operation online. Um, and we're probably about five years into our seed stock. So we've never actually done like an in, you know, we've never held our own wholesale or anything. It's always been, um, you know, it was private treaty for a little bit. And then we went through a smart auctions app for the last two years, but this, um, you know, 2024 will be the first time that we hold like an in-person wholesale. And so I started realizing about a year, you know, not too long ago at the beginning of the year, I was like, okay, now I see a benefit in positioning Cavort Cattle Company and what we have to offer through our registered operation online. And so I'm being um, slightly strategic on Twitter about getting like a very ag community driven, maybe very uh, cattle driven community there. Um, and we are just starting as of August, we'll turn his personal Facebook into um, strategizing and optimizing that for like our bull sale, future bull sale buyers and like more Cavort Cattle driven. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I like that because you're using different social media platforms for different purposes that align with the goal of the business venture, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all about like strategically using essentially social media as top of the funnel, right? It's just to let people know you exist. Um, and I think you have to be smart about like where your customer is then, right? Like where are they spending time? Are bull buyers on TikTok? Are they on Twitter? Are they on Facebook? Like where are they at? And um, that's just like an example, obviously specific to my situation, but for anyone listening that is, has a product to sell, it's like, think about that. That's what social media is. Basically. It's just to let, like, it's a very loud horn noise. That's like, Hey, I exist over here. This is my business. This is my product. This is what I do. This is what I talk about. This is what I sell, whatever it is. Um, and then it's your job to use that content really strategically to, to funnel them down so that they become like a buying, paying loyal, you know, customer fan of yours. Mm-hmm. Do you have a couple of quick tips? Like if people don't even know where to go, where to start, like, do they go to Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or YouTube? Do you have a couple of quick tips maybe that people can leverage to figure out which one's right for them if they wanted to go down that path? Yeah, there's, I always like think of it like two sides of the coin. So one side of the coin is you as the creator, like what's your skill set? So if you don't like talking, you know, YouTube is going to be really hard for you. Uh, podcasting is gonna be really hard for you because those are long mm -hmm. form content where you, you have to have a voice. You have to be able to tell a story. Um, so if you like to talk in quick snippets, like YouTube's not the best platform for you. Like a shorter form platform would be better, whether that's Instagram or TikTok. Um, and so I think it's really like being self-aware of maybe how, um, you know, you are as a creator and sometimes your favorite content or platform to consume people think, well, like, oh, I love to watch TikTok videos. So I'll get on TikTok. I don't necessarily think that correlates because again, you're consuming mm. it is a lot different than you creating it. And so I wouldn't even start at that point where you're like, you know, which app do I use the most? That's the one I'll start on. Um, I really think you just need to kind of like pay attention to your strengths um, and where, how you like to show up, how you like to talk about a topic or content and go from there to pick a platform. So that's kind of like the you side of the coin. And then like, kind of just touched on is like the consumer side of the coin where it's like, where are your customers? Are you looking for older people, younger people? Like, what are they tuning into? Do they listen to podcasts? Do they scroll 
TikTok, like if you can have a little bit better understanding where your target audience is, that would also be a really good platform to choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. It Two different focal points, personal and then and then the business side of it. So mm-hmm. is this something, and I was doing some research on you and you have Elevate Ag that you've been building is what we just talked about inside of Elevate Ag. And I guess, can you just give us a, a brief overview of what that is and um, how people can leverage it? Yeah. So what I talked about is in there. Um, Elevate Ag is an online community and course that I created with my uh, current podcast host, Tara. So she is a dairy farmer in New Mexico, and then I ranch in Nebraska. And she has been sharing online as long as I have. Um, we both kind of built personal brands. And um, we just got questions a lot about like, how can we, you know, share monetize, make a business the same way you did. Um, Similar to me, she was actually an environmental scientist by degree. And so I think it was also interesting to people that we had professional degrees um, outside of social media and both chose to step away from those degrees and, you know, go the social media route. So I think people obviously saw like, oh, they must, it must be doing well for them financially. And so I think there was a lot of questions about people who wanted, you know, to maybe do that similarly. And so we created this online course that you can buy um, that kind of walks you through all of that. And then we also have a Facebook community that's paired with it that's free. So if you are tuning in and you are, you know, a content creator or you're interested in becoming one, I think our Facebook community is a really great place to start because we do share a lot of obviously free value there. And then if you felt like you really wanted to make the plunge and you were really gonna like try the social media gig out, um, our online course um, is available for purchase as well. I like that. It's almost like you documented everything that you do. Mm-hmm. Now you're pushing that out to really help folks Yeah, do what you do. Yeah. And I think online courses, um, they serve their place, right? I mean, you can do them any time of the day from your operation. And I think that was a big thing for us in agriculture, just knowing, um, cause I have hosted like off obviously, um, retreats where you'd have to like come to them. So you have to leave your operation, Um, and it's kind of the same thing with like a conference, like you can go to conferences, ag conferences now, and there's usually guaranteed a speaker on social media, like people are teaching it, but, um, the availability of that just isn't for everyone, right? Not everyone Mm -hmm. can leave their operation at, you know, whatever two days the conference is or the retreat or whatever it is. And so I think we just, you know, saw a lot of other people creating online courses and thought that's actually a really great tool for someone in agriculture because they can do it from their ranch or farm and they don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. The the flexibility is really, really nice. I mean, just before we hit record, we were talking about blowouts, pipes, (laughs) fixing water leaks. So it's, I mean, shit happens. Let's be real. So Mm -hmm. sometimes it's nice to have that flexibility. You can just hit pause and then Mm -hmm. come back to it once something is settled and not everyone obviously has a nine to five that does not work in agriculture um, as you and I know. So the flexibility is very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So back to social media. So we kind of touched on the opportunity is there. You have proven that mm-hmm. you've shown what it can do for your business, your personal brand. So it's a great tool. But what are some of the challenges that you're trying to overcome with using these tools that farmers, you know, they're always in the back of their minds, but, you know, we, we think about the changing environment in the world that we're, we live in, 
from policy, you know, regulations to supply and demand changes to big money influencing corporate decisions, which has a direct impact impact on consumer prices. You know, how do you how do you view the current challenges and you know, how can we kind of step into overcoming those, stepping through that fog? The current challenges of social media? Well, I think generally we I was listening to your podcast and you talk a lot about, you showcase the articles and a lot of them are focused on the challenges in ag right now. Um, but what are the, the couple challenges that, yeah, you are using social media to overcome and oh. just to highlight, you know, what those challenges are for farmers so they can clearly pinpoint like, this is the issue and this is why we use this tool to overcome that challenge. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know why this is like such a deep loaded question for me, but you're asking like to help better portray to not non-farming communities or people, right? Like the challenges within our industry and why we're choosing management practices for them. Is that what you're asking? Well, I, I think it's, <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a little convoluted question, but from a farmer, it's like, why should they use social media? Um, and like it's a huge challenge to get over the hurdle of even uses using social media, but just simply like from you, you got, you guys started using social media because of the demand you wanted to go direct to consumer. Mm -hmm. That was a challenge. You wanted to create that, that bridge. Um, what are some other challenges that, that farmers like need to overcome and use social media as a tool? Yeah. So I think this is a, now that we've gotten here, I think this is actually a really important and interesting question because I think the biggest ROI people always look at is time, right? And so when you say like, why should a farmer or rancher use social media? I think what they're really asking themselves is, is it worth my time? Because it is a lot mm -hmm. of time. It is a job. You know, I mean, I had, I struggled to do another job and this at the same time because there were essentially two jobs in and of itself. Um, and so you're right. That's a very important place to start with where you are as a farmer or rancher and what you have going on in your operation. There is going to be a lot of times that social media will serve a purpose. And like you said, there is a laundry list. Um, I'm blanking in a moment, but they'll probably come up of ways. Like if you are a direct to consumer beef business to get new buyers in your area, or if you want to sell nationwide to get someone in Florida to know you exist in the Midwest, social media is going to be the tool. Like uh, marketing is no longer, uh, you know, magazines and commercials and, um, you know, old school billboards and stuff. I mean, yes, they absolutely exist, but year after year, it is continually more business marketing funds are going into social media. Like social media is not going away. It is continually probably going to be the number one way to market businesses, whether you are a large corporate operation, like, um, in agriculture, John Deere or case mm -hmm. or Corteva or anyone like they are just continually pumping more and more funds into influencing and online marketing than they are probably to old ones. Or if you're your small mom and pop shop yourself and you make your own goat's milk, like the actually the most cost effective thing for you is probably going to be social media. But to your point, there could be an operation out there that maybe does not actually need to have a social media presence. And then for them, the ROI on getting up and, you know, taking the time to create content and, and, you know, create these videos and create these posts and take all the time it does to, to, to write a caption, to pair with it, um, probably won't be worth it. And so, you know, you asked me if people are interested and want to get started, 
and I gave two ways to do it before that probably should be analysis of, okay, what is my actual goal with social media? What am I trying to actually get out of this? How can this tool actually help me? And a lot of times it comes down to marketing. So usually it is because you have something to market and are trying to connect with people. Um, and then there's just the general advocacy portion of people who do just say they want to, they don't, aren't using it for marketing. They are just using it to try and share the message of agriculture and help, you know, bridge that gap, which hundred percent across the board, then everyone could be sharing on social media. If that's like your only goal is to really just like open up the doors to what agriculture really is like in 2023. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's lots of different ways. I like that you touched on the ROI. You know, if you already have big contracts for your grain, there's probably not a huge ROI there. Mm -hmm. um, but for others, I don't know, I know there's, um, I think Shay, the farm kid, I think he blew up when he just showcased his onions one time mm -hmm. and it was just massive because no one really saw the process that that whole supply chain of onion growing and mm -hmm. all the way through ha hadn't been done. But there again, it's all about your ROI. And if, you know, taking a few minutes just to, you know, show up on social media, like that's not a ton of time, especially if you're already waiting in your car for someone mm -hmm. because you're rendezvousing. Like, I feel like it's not, it doesn't have to be a huge, a huge commitment. Um, but over time, I think it, it can build something. And I'd actually love to talk about that a little bit more and get your thoughts on it as, as we think about the ROI and the time and brand building in general, you know, we always hear essentially you're building your own brand when farmers come to you and your team and ranchers, you know, they're trying to build a personal brand or a company brand. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on the time it takes to build one just to reset and give people a little bit more guidance on what it takes and really to not give up? Yeah, I think it depends on, um, well, <laughs> Uh, you know, kind of your starting point, right? So there are going to be some people who um, are probably a lot quicker at creating content and it's a lot more natural for them. Um, so I think the time initially into it is really going to be, you know, like user driven. I will say that one of the cool things about starting on social media, which we've like kind of hinted at or keep like talking about, but never like, I guess, blatantly said it, but it's 100% free, which I think is the other really amazing thing about it when you think about it for a marketing tool. You know, we were just had a sale manager out here to talk about, you know, our bull sale next year, and he was talking about running print ads and sending out flyers and all of these things. And like the cost associated with that, and like it's just so crazy that you have something yeah. in your hand, literally in your hand, your phone is in your hand most of the day for every single person, um, and it's free and you can reach millions of people with it. And so, um, I mean, it's like social media is like a muscle, I always say. So the time put into it at the beginning is going to be more. Yes, it is going to take you longer to figure out how to post a reel and write a caption and how to edit your photos and like whatever. I mean, again, there's varying spectrums of like how professionally you want to show up on social media and how professionally you want your content to be and how off the cuff you want it to be and, you know, not professionally edited. You know, it's just very point and shoot and upload. Um, you know, that's a spectrum. And then once you start exercising it, it's like, everything else. It becomes second nature. You could whip out your phone. I mean, when I think about how much time I spend at the beginning of my journey on social media to how much I spend now, I mean, it's, it's worlds of different, but that's because I've spent years honing my craft, you know, like I can hop yep. on and probably do what would take someone at the very beginning 
you know, I don't know, half an hour and I can probably do it in two minutes now. You know, it just, um, so if you mm -hmm. think that, that the time at the beginning is always going to be that way with social media, just because you're new to it. Um, I think it's important you recognize that pretty soon it will just become such quick second nature, but yeah, there's definitely going to be a learning curve at the beginning that will require your time to understand like, Oh, this is the content that does well. You know, I mean, you need, some people look at their data, they reassess their analytics and think these are the reels that did well over for me in the month. How can I create more content? That's like that, you know? So it also just depends how serious they're about it too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that you bring up using it as a muscle. I mean, I myself, you know, trying to like, Ooh, which strategy do I use? You know, diving in, it's never, it's kind of foreign to me even. Mm -hmm. I mean, podcasting is a little bit more natural. It's more conversational. So I feel more at, more in sync with the podcasting platform, but with social media and the different platforms within social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, like they all have their, their way of operating and way of uploading and editing and all of these things. But like you said, it's like any muscle. Um, if you train it, it's going to get better at it over time. Yeah. When I was doing YouTube at the peak of it, I was probably doing a video every two to three days. And then I got pregnant and I have really terrible pregnancies. And so I took like four months off because I just didn't have, like, I just couldn't go out with my husband to one shoot the content. And then I just wasn't feeling good enough to edit it. And I remember even after that, like four month pause of coming back to like do one of my first videos, I'm like, how in the heck did I ever crank out recording and editing videos to the extent I was doing just four or five months ago? But it, when you're in that grind of just like shooting and capturing and creating, I mean, it was so second nature to me. I could like whip it out, right. You know, put the kids down to bed and then edit really quickly before. So it was ready to upload in the morning and it felt so hard to even get back in it after five months. And so, um, I just think it's like important to, I guess, be like aware of that, um, that it won't always, I mean, it kind of almost wavers too, depending where you're at in the middle of the journey. Mm hmm. But walking that journey is important part, like recognizing, that there's going to be ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you have a pregnancy. Male probably won't, um, <laughs> but you never know. We live in a very gender fluid society, so we yes. don't know anymore. We don't know. <laughs> you think we know, Natalie. Yeah. We don't. Yeah, they remind us we don't. <laughs> yes, they, they, and they love to do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, Natalie, this has been great. So many good lessons and just advice on getting or just using social media as a tool for your personal and business. Um, is there, what are your future aspirations with this? And you have Elevate Ag, you have your podcast, you have your own personal brand. You know, where do you see your career going in this field? Podcast. Yeah, I'm really yeah. falling in love with the podcast platform. I think it has a lot of potential. I think as a society, we are getting shorter and shorter on other contents. You know, it's like, what can you fit into your nine second reel? And I think people, I think a lot of important messages are being lost. I think a lot of important conversations are being lost. And I think for a while we were into it because we have such short attention spans that we're like, oh, great. I can consume more and I consume quicker and I can get all the quick hits. Um, but I think we've also starting to come back around where we're realizing that all the important things that need to be said aren't being said because there's no place to have the long conversations to have them. And so I think those long form content platforms like a YouTube or a podcast where you really have back and forth and actual conversations and you get into a deeper level that isn't allowed on other, you know, TikTok or Instagram. 
Um, I think they're going to have a surgence. I think people are really craving them. So I'm like finding a lot of energy into our um, Discover Ag podcast. And um, that's honestly what I'm looking to like grow the most right now between the different platforms that I'm on. That's great. I, I agree with you. I think a lot of people are craving that just more in-depth conversation, maybe asking hard questions, but just diving into the the details because what's wrong with these clips is there's so many underlying assumptions that you just can't say in 10 mm -hmm. seconds. And that's kind no. of what bore a lot of people, but that is why it's important because you have to define what everyone's talking about. You have to clarify the assumptions behind the arguments and then but you can only do that with with long form for the most part. So I I really appreciate that that's where you're you're taking, you know, you and with Tara, you know, build it building that out and getting getting the right word out. Yeah, and I think that's a unique thing about agriculture too. I mean, we have such a nuanced industry we're dealing with. There's a lot of complexity to it, and I think anyone who is you know trying to maybe spin narratives the opposite way of agriculture, they can come up with like a very trendy five letter headline, right? You know, meets ruining the planet or whatever it is. And yeah. they can get away with it. But in agriculture, we really need that space and that time to ex unfortunately explain more and give the nuance to the complexities of why maybe this is the practice we're doing or maybe why that that headline isn't true. And so I do think those longer form platforms are like um, they position ag in a really good way for us to better share our story and more accurately share our story too. Yep. Wholeheartedly agree, Natalie. Well, this has been amazing. Thank you for coming on. You know, is there one last thing you'd like to leave our listeners with today? Yeah, I would just encourage um, anyone who wants to share online to do it. Uh, there's that famous saying that was like, the best day to plant a tree was 10 years ago or today or like what? I mean, hopefully someone knows that quote I'm talking yeah. about. Do you know it? Can you say it? The, the set, I think it's the second best day to plant a tree was yesterday today's the best day. Yeah. And that's how I feel about social media. Like you, yes, you could have joined a long time ago, but um, if you're still interested in it today is a really good day to start. And so, um, you know, our industry needs all the people sharing about it who want to, I would never pressure anyone who isn't into it. Um, if that's not their thing, don't show up online, just go do your job, you know, boots on the ground. We need that too. But um, anyone who does feel like, Hey, this is a cool space. I think I have something to add to it. Just go do it. You'll figure it out. Honestly, you'll figure it out along the way. Much of my journey was not planned by me. I honestly probably couldn't have yeah. planned it uh, any better than just organically letting it happen. So you will figure it out. Um, the most important thing is to just get started doing it. Get started. Love it, Natalie. Mm -hmm. Where can people get a hold of you and learn more about you or Elevate Ag? Yeah. So you're a podcast person, I'm assuming, since you're listening to this. So first and foremost, head over to our podcast, Discover Ag. Uh, we are a Thursday episode and we actually break down the top three trending, you know, topics, articles, news pieces going on in the ag and food space. And we have a lot of fun with it. So if you like to keep up on, we're not giving like grain market reports news. We are giving, you know, things that are um, just very interesting things in the space. We usually pull from like New York times or Washington post and um, you know, give our farming perspective on it instead of, you know, maybe the opinion yeah. piece that was written by. Um, yeah. and then somehow you linked, uh, Barbie to one of your know, episodes recently. Yes. Like, we hand clap covered it all, <laughs> honestly. Um, so find us there. And then my other, you know, place that I will probably always be is my Instagram. It's just my name, Natalie Kavoric. Um, and you can find me there. So if you're interested on what a rancher's life in, you know, the sand hills of Nebraska is like, I'll show you there.
There you go. Now it's Kavoric with an A, just so yes. we're clear. It is very, uh, ch- thank you to my husband's Czech heritage. It is spelled a very <laughs> goofy way. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for coming on. And to all the listeners out there, hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to reach out to Natalie. She's doing great things. And Natalie, thanks again. Thanks, Casey. See you, everyone.